Thanks for joining the Capital Church podcast channel. For more resources and to learn more about Capital Church, please visit our website at capitalchurch.co or send us an email at info at capitalchurch.co. Well, I'm Tracy, and I'm excited to uh, give the word this morning. We've been in an awesome series. How many have been enjoying our Grateful series? Are you grateful to be grateful? Are you grateful to hear about being grateful? Um, It's been such a phenomenal um, series so far. I loved Pastor Ken. My dad talked last week. Gave such an encouraging, just reminding us the like the the foundation of this faith that we have in gratefulness. Um, Pastor Mark Thornton uh, did two weeks ago spoke. I, that was probably the best I've ever heard. Mark, I was like on the edge of my seat. I could not get enough of that message. And then of course he throws in the songs, which isn't fair, you know. It's like everybody else is like, we get it. You can sing too, like. And then he brings like, he brings like a trio or a quartet. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay. And I know I'm preaching two weeks later and I'm like, I'll come up with something. I didn't, I didn't come up with anything. It's just through the word guys. I'm just going to preach the word. Uh, so, but we're going to, we're going to have a good message today. We're going to talk about uh, gratitude. If you want to go with me to second Corinthians four, we're going to read a few verses here this morning. Are you excited? I'm excited. Verse 7, we're going to start in verse 7 of chapter 4. It says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Whew, just that verse is good, isn't it? We could preach a whole message on it. Sorry, I'm not going to. So you can go back and reread it and study it because it's super good. Verse 8 says, we are afflicted in every way but not crushed, perplexed but not driven to despair, persecuted but, but not forsaken, and struck down but not destroyed. I'm so thankful for Paul putting those butts in there, aren't you? Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Death is at work in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke, we also believe and so we also speak. Knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. Oh, I love that verse. For it is, this is the, this is the, this is the verse we're going to land on, verse 15, chapter 4. It says this, for it is all for your sake. So that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Let me read it again. For it is all for your sake. So that as grace Grace extends to more and more people. It may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Would you pray with me this morning? God, we thank you for, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that you came and did what you said you were going to come and do. Lord, I thank you that we can stand today in just a pure sense of awe and wonder of your grace for us. It's so good. It's undeserved. It's unmerited. But God, we receive it today. And we know that our response to grace will flow in beautiful ways as we talk about this morning. So God, I pray that you would accomplish all that you want to do in and through uh, this talk this morning. God, use me any way you can as a simple vessel to speak the word of God. Lord, I thank you. I'd say what you want me to say. Lord, and we would respond the way you want us to respond. It's about you. It's always been about you. God, it will always be about you. So we thank you for your word today to bring life and a good response to accomplish all that you've called us to in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Amen. Hey, I love Christmas time. I really, really do. So I was, I was the one that was super excited when I woke up to snow. Was less excited sitting in snow watching a football game last night, but was really excited to watch it when I woke up. See how it works? Uh, so, uh, but I love Christmas. Kids at Christmas are the best. Like Christmas season in the Wild family was like, we had a drought. We had some drought years for a while. Like when Chris and um, Kelly got married and then Mark and Rochelle got married, there was like a few years where it was just like all of us at Christmas together, but no kids. Like, can we be honest? Christmas should have children. Otherwise, it's like, what the, what's the point, you know? It's just adults just hanging around, eating a lot, and, like, giving each other gifts. It's weird, kind of. Um, but with kids, oh, my gosh. It's, like, it's fun again. So I remember when Kenzie came, all the kids we started to have. Now we have a million. It's overwhelming. Um, but all the kids, it makes Christmas so much fun, right? And kids can't fake. They cannot fake. They cannot fake their gratitude for a gift, Right? Have you ever noticed this? Like when you give a a gift to a kid and they didn't want that gift, as much as they want to try and as much as you coerce them with eyes, you know, like you shoot daggers at them with your eyes because grandma gave them that gift and they will be grateful. It don't matter. Everybody knows when the kid didn't like the gift, when they open it and they're like, thanks, Grams. Like, poor grandma, like, like drove through the snow in her not snow vehicle to go to Target and waited for 14 hours in line to get you that gift. But thanks, Grams, is like all that the kid can muster up. Right, because the kid didn't want the gift, right? We, you can't fake it. Kids can't fake it. The irony is we can teach, grat- or we can teach our kids to be polite, but we can't teach them gratitude. Have you ever tried? You're like, no way. You, you're hitting your kids when you tell them to say thank you or to act grateful. But you can't actually teach gratitude. You can teach how to be polite. You can teach someone to say thank you. But gratitude is not something that is coerced. It's just not. Like we all know, I mean, when I receive a gift, I don't like opening presents in front of people for this very reason. Because I'm not good at faking it. I'm like, thank you so much. What is it? You shouldn't have wasted that money. You should have just given me a gift card. Uh, so I don't understand why people have problems with gift cards. I think it's, I think it's actually what people want. I'm just going to be honest. Give the people what they want. Money. (laughs) You know, they just want your money. They don't want your time or your energy to go. They don't want a special gift. They don't want your heart put in it. No, they just want your money. Just give them money. (laughs) Put it in one of those cute envelopes. You know, that's even better because you know what's going to be inside of it. You know, it's going to be money, you know? Um, all the gift givers are like dying inside right now. You're like, no, they care about my thoughtful gift. No, we don't. We want what we want. (laughs) Money. (laughs) So we can buy the stuff we want. Um, but you can't, it's, it's funny, isn't it? It's like, you just, you can't force a kid to want what they want. And so I have learned, I'm the aunt. I I used to try to go out and give them gifts and pick them out, but I don't want to be rejected at the Christmas dinner, you know, where you gave them a gift and they're just like, thanks, TT great. And you're like, oh, they didn't like it. And I ask the parents what they want, but there's always somebody that gives them a better gift than you anyway. So I've turned into the aunt that just gives them money. You know, I'm like, Rochelle's like, Chloe's two, Trace. I'm like, she'll use it one day. Put it in the piggy bank. I don't know. She doesn't care either way. But it's like, you can't fake it with kids. You can't teach it. You know when a kid is truly grateful and you know when you are truly grateful. When you get something that you know you didn't deserve. 
Now that's the beauty. When the kid, you know the kid is super grateful when they open a gift from their mom or dad after they've just been bad for 40 days straight, you know? And, and, and dad kept giving the empty threats, which I can't wait to be a parent just for this to give the empty threats of like, if you do this one more time, I will cancel Christmas, you know? And so they've been, fear, the fear of God and Santa and their dad and whoever else is that can't, Christmas is gonna be canceled if they backtalk one more time, if they hit their brother one more time. So when they open the present at Christmas and they have lived in fear those days leading up to it, thinking, I'm not going to get it because I don't deserve it. When they open that present and they see that they got what they wanted when they still knew they didn't deserve it, that is gratitude. Because you know that kid comes running up to you and tackling you, uncoursed, thanking you. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I can't believe you got it. This is the best gift. This is the best moment. Why are they, why are they so grateful? Because they knew they didn't deserve it. They knew. You can't teach gratitude. You can't teach it. But you can have gratitude flow through you. And know that it's flowing through you. When you know where it comes from. And that's what Paul is telling us in chapter 2 in Corinthians, or in 2 Corinthians 4. Paul is making a connection between grace and gratitude. You can't actually understand gratitude until you first understand grace. So he says this. He says this. He goes in, um, in um, verse 15. He says, for it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving. Well, the, the word grace here and the word thanksgiving here have the same Greek root word. For those of you who like the Greek, you're super excited. For those of you who have no idea what I'm saying, you should be excited because this is going to be exciting. The same root Greek word, which is charis. Charis in the Greek means grace, which actually the definition of that is a gift. We know that. Grace is a free gift, right? But the word thanksgiving here in Paul's language is, uh, is from the root word of charis, and it's eucharista. Eucharista means gratitude. Eucharista means Thanksgiving language or gratitude or grateful language. So we have here a connection between grace and Thanksgiving. In fact, I'm not a Bible translator and I never could be and never would want to be because it's such, so much pressure, but I kind of am bummed out that the English translation doesn't say this scripture this way. I wish it would have translated the scripture a little bit differently and it said this. I wish it would have said, it is all for your sake so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase gratitude to the glory of God. Because I actually think it is slightly a better translation because the word Eucharista, ooh, what does that sound like? Eucharist. You know what Eucharist is? Is that moment that we have, that Thanksgiving moment, that, that, that last supper, that moment where we experience through gratitude and gratefulness and thanksgiving what Jesus has done for us through his body and his blood. We take communion because of the grace. So there's this connection between grace and gratitude that you cannot separate. In fact, you can't understand grace without gratitude, and you can't understand gratitude without grace. You have to understand them together. And it's just like trying to teach a kid to be thankful. Just say thank you. Oh, thank you. You can't teach yourself how to be grateful, but you can learn to lean into the grace. And when you understand grace... All of a sudden, it's crazy what'll happen. When you understand how undeserving it is, how absolutely you've done nothing in this world to deserve it, to merit it, to earn it, something will respond in your heart and it's called gratitude. 
It's the only way gratitude will really flow. Well, gratefulness will really flow through you is if you first recognize grace. It's undeserved. You didn't earn it. You don't deserve it. There's nothing you could do to earn it or deserve it. God has freely forgiven you. He has freely given you a gift, charis of grace, that you can't do anything about. His mercy demanded it, but your wrath deserved death. This is amazing. This is why we call it amazing grace. And his grace should never cease to amaze us. But the problem is we kind of, I think we try to go after, oh, I'm going to be grateful. I'm going to be a good Christian. I'm going to live the Christian way. I'm going to learn to be very, have a lot of gratitude and I'm going to say thank you. And I'm going to, after this, I'm going to go have lunch and I'm going to be very grateful to the waitress and I'm going to give a good tip and tell them you're from Capitol because they should know we're grateful and generous. And, but still we think that that's the way we do it. That's the path to gratitude. No, 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 no. You actually don't know gratitude if you don't know grace. And if you don't know gratitude, you never will be generous. So it all starts with grace. You have to get on the inside of you a deep, deep understanding of grace. We can't even define gratitude without grace. You think, oh, no, I'm pretty grateful. Well, do you really understand the grace? Because your response to grace will always be a life of gratitude, which will spill over into generosity. So if you struggle with gratefulness, that's not your problem. Grace is. If you struggle to be generous, that's not your problem. Grace is. Because if you truly understand how undeserving it is for us to stand here free, totally sinless because of Jesus, able to step into righteousness and right relationship with him, that I am a full member of his family. I am a son and a daughter in his name, not by anything I did. In spite of all that I've done, in spite of who I am, I have the full access to Jesus and and, and a relationship and being a member of his family. If you get that, your response will always be, oh God, I'm so grateful. God, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. I do not deserve this. I know I should not get this gift. I know you shouldn't give me this. You should not favor me. You should not give blessing to me. You should not have given me that job. You should not have set me up in this family. You should not have healed my body, but God, you are good. Oh, so I'm grateful. That's the response to grace. And not just during the Christmas season. (laughs) Because Christians are good at it. Oh, we're good at being grateful. First part of November. Middle, you know, mid to late December. And we start complaining all over January 1 because your year didn't turn out the way you wanted. And you feel like God has failed you. And you didn't get everything that you had anticipated for that year. And you wrote it down as a New Year's resolution. So, my God, why didn't he come through? You have a wrong perspective. You got to lean into the grace to understand what God is doing. Gratitude can only flow from that deep posture of grace. It can only come from there. Otherwise, it's actually, it's actually not real gratitude. It's just polite thank yous to God. Like, thanks, God. Yeah, thanks, God. Appreciate it. It was awesome. Thanks, God. But it's not actual gratitude if it's not coming from a place of grace. Gratitude truly is a feeling that arises that's uncoursed. It just, it, 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 you could just be sitting in your car. Have you, have you ever had this experience? And you're meditating, not on what God's given you, 
not on what you want and what you need him to come through for you with, but you're just sitting there and all of a sudden this awe and wonder comes over you about who Jesus is. Just who he is. And all of a sudden, you know what bubbles up? Not complaining. Not asking and petitioning God to give you something else. Not a frustration or, or you're mad at this person or anger towards a spouse or anger towards a friend or none of those emotions arise. Isn't it weird what comes bubbling up on the inside of you? Gratitude. Usually all you can say is, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for doing, wow, God, thank you for being there in that moment. I didn't realize then that you were with me through that. I thought you weren't there and I didn't think you understood, but wow, thank you. That's what will bubble up when you understand his grace. It is an uncoerced feeling of the heart. It's like, you know, uh, you cannot, and like I said, you cannot convince a child on their own. You know, if I gave little Quincy Wendell, who we took to the football game last night and totally convinced him we had to leave, um, if I would give him like underwear or pajamas for Christmas, come on, what seven-year-old wants that? No seven-year-old wants that. If I was to give him that, he would probably be forced by his father to tell TT thank you. He'd be like, thanks, TT, and like give me like a like side hug that just like was like forced by his father and his mother. But if I would give that boy a brand new Xbox with four controllers, which I actually really want because I am so into Xbox, I had no idea how great Xbox is. I want the controller, I want a name, I want to play online. Too strong? I don't care. It would be the joy of my life. I find it so therapeutic, actually. I get gamers now. I get you. I get why the gamers fill up Madison Square Garden four days in a row because it is there, it's very therapeutic. But if I gave Quincy Wendell or Wesley Kenneth a brand new Xbox so that we could play every day, all day, which would be my dream, and theirs too. Let's skip school. Let, they can drop out. I'll homeschool them. It's fine. We'll just play, we'll play Xbox. <laughs> we'll play Xbox all day long. Can you imagine their response to that versus underwear? I wouldn't have to convince them to be grateful. I would not have to coerce them to hug me, to thank me, to love me, to be my best friend. And the reason that it's so powerful is guaranteed. I said it before, guaranteed those little boys know all the little things and all the times they disobeyed me, they said no to me, I had to run after them, they got lost. I've always found them, so don't worry. <laughs> that they had a bad attitude or you know. In their mind, as they're receiving this gift they, that they don't deserve, they are thinking of all the reasons why they don't deserve it. And yet still, they freely receive it. Why? Because God is good like that. And he wants to give us good gifts, doesn't he? And he wants to keep lavishing his grace on us. But we have to start in the posture of grace. Paul tells us this. He says in 2 Timothy 2.1, he says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong in the charis. Be strong in the gift. Do you know how you operate from grace? You be strong in it. Maybe you should spend, we, let's include myself, maybe we should spend more of our week thinking about the grace than we do about what I need or what I want or what God hasn't done yet or what he should do or what he hasn't done or why he hasn't done it. Or why this is happening. Or, or, hey, how about this? How about we think more about the grace than we think about somebody else who's doing something we don't want them to do? Is more of our energy focused on the grace 
that has been so easily, freely extended to me? Or is more of my energy and time thinking about that person who's not walking in the grace? Should I let that sit for a little bit, simmer for a moment? How about we think about the grace? Gratitude is always a response to grace. It's always a response. And if you're not responding in gratitude, if you're not responding with a grateful heart, the issue is not gratitude. The issue is you don't get the grace. You don't actually know what Jesus has done for you. You don't actually realize how much he has sacrificed for you. You don't actually believe that Jesus came and did what he said he came and did for you. Why? Because if you did, your response would be gratitude. Every single day it would be. Every single moment. Well, I got a bad diagnosis. No, the grace of God is covered. And the grace of God is good. And he will accomplish what he, was, he wills to accomplish. But he is always good. Remember this. We are debtors. We are debtors. I, I, I think we got to be careful that we don't walk away from that too much. I think if you've been following Jesus long enough, I think we forget. We're debtors. We have a debt we cannot pay. I don't care if you got saved as a young kid or you got saved two years ago or you got to, you're going to get saved today. Let me tell you something. We are debtors and we cannot pay the price. Only Jesus could pay the price for us. That is grace. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, I was bought with a price. You were purchased. I love that Paul loves to use this economic language because it, makes, it, it gets the point across, doesn't it? That you can't pay what you owe. Only Jesus can pay. And if you get that in your spirit and your heart, whew, all of a sudden your life response looks a lot like gratitude to anybody and everybody. You will be saying thank you a lot. You will be saying, you'll be going around to everyone and be like, thank you so much. Man, I appreciate that. Wow, thank you for taking the time. Why don't we do that more? Well, Paul would say it might be because you boast about what you think you deserved and you boast about what you think you uh, are owed. First Corinthians 4, 7 says this. It says, for, for who sees anything different in you, what do you have that you did not receive? If you then received it, then why do you boast as if you did not receive it? Paul is annoyed when he's writing this text because the people in, in Corinth are starting to boast about their salvation and their ability to have access in the kingdom of God. And, and Paul's like, what? What did you receive? If you received it, it's just like common. This is like, you, got, you, didn't, you, you didn't just, you received. Somebody gave. So if you received it, why do you boast? Now, we look at the word boast, and I love this because this is a human condition. We look at the boast, and we think, yeah, boast, ooh, tough, you know, working through it. You know, I'm, I'm still being sanctified, so I still boast. And, you know, I might have a little pride, or there might be a pride issue. Who to Paul, boasting or a little pride was actually human corruption in your heart. It was not just a little issue I need to work through. I need to go listen to a podcast about overcoming pride. Or I should look at the scriptures and figure out how to overcome and deal with pride. Because I've just got a little bit in me. you got a little bit? There's no measure of pride. You have it or you don't. <laughs> There's not like this levels, right? Well, th that guy's just a little bit of pride. That guy, a lot of pride. 
There's no levels of pride. It's human corruption in your heart. And if you let pride come in to tell you, you deserve this, you were owed this, somebody deserves to give this to you, guess what? You can't understand grace. Because grace comes and shatters pride and goes, woo, you didn't deserve any of it. You never will. You can't ever even pay it back. But when I forgave you, I forgave you because my mercy demanded it, not because you deserved it. So stop boasting and start being strong in the grace. Because it's the grace that'll free you. It is the grace that will come and bubble up on the inside of you an understanding and a willingness and a desire to be grateful and to live from a place of gratitude and that will always lead you to generosity. If you can learn grace, then you will get into gratitude. And if you can live in gratitude, you will learn helping behavior. But the thing is, we get it backwards, don't we? We think, I, I, oh, I need, to go be, I, need, I need to go be helpful. So I'm going to go volunteer at this place, and I'm just going to get myself to be a generous person. And I haven't been tithing, but I'm just going to start tithing, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make myself give to that person. And no, 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 no. Why are you striving? Because if you started in grace, you'd realize this. Your money's not your own anyway, friend. <laughs> Giving should feel like that. There's no question I give. Why? Because I never earned it in the first place. Oh, well, I go to work. Yeah. And he went to the cross for you. And he's done everything for you when you didn't deserve it. So generosity is a natural overflow of grace. But you have to get grace. It's unmerited favor. Something I didn't deserve. We don't actually deserve how good God is. We don't deserve how good. And I think we spend more of our time kind of getting mad at God for not being good enough. How many times have you been upset that God didn't do something for you and you think he should have and you thought you're not good? When actually God's better to us than he needs to be. We don't deserve his goodness. Any good and perfect thing that comes from above, oh, any of it is a gift. It's grace. It's charos. It's something we, des- we don't deserve, but he so freely gives to us. We need to understand that we don't deserve that goodness. So don't you dare boast. You know what we boast in? What does Paul say? Paul boasts in who Jesus is. Not in who he is, but in who Jesus is. Because when we truly understand grace, when you truly understand it, you simply understand that it's who Jesus is. Not who you are. Not who this world is. Not what you think it should look like. Not what you think church should look like. Not what you think your family should be like. But it's who Jesus is. Then you will spend, if you get all, if you can get just that, you will spend the rest of your life being grateful. No one will ever have to ask you to say thank you. No pastor would ever have to get up and say, you should give your tithes. Do you know that tithes and offering messages, it should be a waste of time in a church. I'm not the pastor. He can come correct me when he comes back, but he's on paternity leave. I'm telling you though, the fact that we have to get up every week and give you an offering talk it means you don't get the grace. 
It means you don't live from a position and posture of grace. You live from a, well, I mean, God owes me. What is he going to give for me? Woo! Do you get his grace? Do you understand how undeserving this life we live is? That everything he gives us is good and a blessing and it's unmerited favor. And anytime he gives me something, I'm going to lavish my gratitude on him. And I'm going to give whatever he gives me to give away. Why? Because I don't deserve it. And he forever will deserve all my gratitude and all my gratefulness and all my mercy and all my compassion and all my time and all my energy and all my love. Why? Because it's who Jesus is. Whoo, it's who he is. Grace will always lead to gratitude and generosity. It's got to be the response of our heart. Grace should never cease to amaze us. Grace should always lead to helping behavior and to a grateful heart. But it all starts with grace. It starts with grace. And then our response is gratitude. And then it spills over to generosity. Second Corinthians 9. I'm, I'm going to read a portion of scripture that's probably pretty, pretty uh, familiar to you. Especially in, in relation to generosity and giving. But I want you to, as I read it, I want you to listen and see through a lens of grace. Listen to it and look at it through a new lens of grace. Not because, oh, somebody's saying, oh, you should give or you should be grateful or you should. No, look at it through a lens of grace. Chapter two or chapter nine, verse six says this. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you all charis, all gifts abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving, Eucharista, to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but it is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission flowing from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Everything we have is from grace. Everything we do is because of grace. Everything we get involved in is because of grace. Why wouldn't our response then be so simply and so easy and so freeingly gratitude and generosity? John Wesley says this, the band can come up too. John Wesley says he taught a lot of sermons on true religion. And his idea of true religion was a response to grace. He said true religion 
is a combination of gratitude and benevolence. It's gratitude towards our creator and the true benefactor, the real one who's given us everything. And it's a benevolence to our fellow creatures. A response to grace is a combination always of gratitude and generosity. If for some reason those things don't naturally flow from us, you can't teach yourself to be grateful. And you can't teach yourself to be generous, but you can learn to be strong in the grace. You got to learn, friend, to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2. It's, if you are on version, guess what? This is the, the scripture of the day on, on version. For by grace you have been saved through faith. By charis, by the gift. You didn't deserve it. You didn't earn it. But he forgave you anyway. And man, he loves you. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God. And, I was, and, and not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Grace. We can never get used to grace. We have to be careful that we don't just go, yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I deserve it. I've been, I've been coming to church for a while. I love Jesus. I, 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 I get grace. No, you don't get grace. If it ever becomes so common to you, if, it, if you ever forget how much you really don't deserve it. You have missed what grace is. We should never get used to grace. We should always be in awe of grace and who Jesus is and what Jesus came to do and what Jesus is still doing. But if you get used to it, man, you might be like that kid on Christmas morning. That'll give a thanks. Thank you. Appreciate it. No, no, no. Our response to God and our response to others should always flow from grace first. That leads to gratitude, but it'll always spill over to generosity. Why don't we give more? Why aren't we grateful more? Because you don't get the grace. My God, our God is good. And you might be sitting in this room and go, yeah, but my life doesn't feel good. Well, God's still good. Well, I got a bad diagnosis. No, God's still good. His grace is sufficient for you and your weakness. Doesn't the Bible say that? His grace, his gift, who he is. Man, we should give our whole lives to just focusing on the grace and living from that place. We don't stay there. If you, if you get the grace, you won't just stay there. If you get it and you understand it, your whole life will be a response of, I'm just grateful, I'm so grateful, I'm so full of gratitude, I'm so generous. I, 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 have so, I, I don't even know what to do with all that I have. I just gotta keep giving it away. And I gotta keep encouraging people. And I can't stop telling people how thankful I am. I can't stop telling God how thankful I am. That is the place that we are called to be. Christmas season could be the greatest season of your life. And for those of you who feel heartbroken in this room, for those of you who dread Christmas, no, you shouldn't. Because you have all you need in Jesus. I look at Sherry Martin and think, wow, their family's gonna have a a tough Christmas. Mm, But for the grace. We had... Sweet John Turnage in our 9 a.m. service who's battling cancer. I think, oh, this might be a tough, nope. 
but the grace. I know some of your stories and we're all in this together to walk out the grace and be strong in the grace. That's what we're called to do. And when we walk outside these doors, people should know that we're strong in the grace. Why? How will they know? Because we're the most generous people in the world. We are the most grateful. We are full of gratitude. You know how they'll know by how you talk and by what you give to. Anybody can tell what you believe about grace. Because if you walk outside these doors and you just can't stop talking about the love of Jesus and you can't stop talking about how good things are going and how good God is and and they never hear you gossip about a single person and you don't leave your church complaining about the one thing they didn't do for you today or and then they never see you give to anybody and all, all you do is take, 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 take and you never give, give, give. Let me tell you something, they will know you're not strong in the grace. But the scripture we started out with is really an evangelistic scripture. It says this, and I'll close. It says, for it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Not for your glory, not for your business's glory, not for your family's glory, but to the glory of God. People will know Jesus and the power of his love simply if we walk in the grace. So the more grace, the more gratitude, and the more gratitude, the more generosity. Would you stand with me?